Blog Talk Radio. We live in a world of unknowing, of secrets, of blindness. But what if you were to find out that the very earth was crumbling beneath your feet, even as we speak? What if I were to tell you that America had deep, dark secrets kept from the public since its inception? What if unexplained phenomena had already been explained thousands of years ago? From a supposed natural disaster to fabled UFOs, it's going to be brought into the light with the one single document that is a testament to the evidence of the future history of this planet. The End Time Tribune brings you the news of the coming apocalypse and casts light into the future darkness. Come and see. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the End Time Tribune. It is a great pleasure and an honor to be here with you tonight. I'm your host, Matthew Miller. And, of course, we're going to get Brian Ingram on the switchboard with us as soon as possible. But, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a long time in coming, of course. Uh, I began the End Time Tribune a very long time ago. And it's a great pleasure uh, to bring this format back uh, as it was intended to be. So uh, tonight we're going to talk about the current crisis uh, that's going on, really crises, plural. Uh, there's things just going on all over the place uh, that needs to be addressed, needs to be looked at, needs to be talked about as we enter into these troubling times. As we enter into this Trump change, so to speak. So, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that uh, uh, that we cover uh, topics uh, that are pertinent to the situation, your situation. I hope that we are able to enlighten and encourage you, to say the least. Uh, we're certainly going to talk about uh, things from a biblical perspective. Uh, that's our worldview. That's our center point here on the End Time Tribune, as it has always been. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, everybody knows, of course, uh, that uh, there's been great uh, consternation concerning this uh, recent election. And some things are being put into play that most people can't see. Um, Brian and I have looked over the current uh, situation as far as the church is concerned, 
And it would seem that everybody is completely and fully on board with the president-elect. However, uh, most of you know that I don't vote. I've never found uh, a righteous man to vote for. Uh, So even from uh, me getting out um, of high school, uh, of course, it was commanded to me by my elders to research all candidates. It didn't matter if it was a mayor. didn't matter who or what it was. I was to search them out, and if I could prove them to be righteous, then vote for them. I'm sorry, but I never found one. And that is the way it's been for me ever since I was of voting age. So all of you know that I didn't vote one way or the other. But let's ask the Bri. Let's find out exactly uh, what his take is on the whole entire deal. Um, So we get him on the switchboard and and get back to the way it was uh, before. Uh, It's been a long time since the Bri and I have been on together on the End Time Tribune. So, Brian, why don't you jump in here and uh, give an introduction to yourself and the way you see these current crises, because I think there's more than one crisis going on right now. It's not just the dollar. So what's your thoughts? Well, I think we got a lot going on at this stage. Um, We just had a major Russian ambassador in Turkey that was assassinated the other day, which so happened to be one by one of uh, Gulen's uh, Fido, um, Leftovers, essentially, that must have been still within the police force. The story's a little bit on the sketchy side, but nonetheless, there's a lot more than meets the eye going on there. We've got the circumstance here within Israel now with this uh, UN resolution that is causing a whole bunch of controversy. And it's got uh, Israel quite ticked off right now at the U.S., and, I mean, let's see here. We got still have, you know, some of the rumblings as Aleppo finally gets uh, on its way, hopefully, towards a, a peaceful resolution here. Um, we just had a release concerning Mosul, a.k.a. Nineveh, which, uh, let's see here, they put that now at a possible two-year timetable as to when they're going to be able to liberate Mosul now. So, you know, there's a whole bunch that's going on at this stage all over the world that's uh for certain well you know brian the the things that's going on uh in turkey just itself you and i have talked about many times um especially on a lot of the recent videos that we put uh over there on uh, your youtube channel the bands of time We've talked about this extensively, that this is where we need to look. Uh, this is the land in the midst of the rivers, and everything that lies to the east of it, that's what's going to be important. And you and I just had a conversation uh, this afternoon about this very thing, that everybody is concerned uh, here, well, about America, and Uh, What's going to happen with our uh, relations with Russia? 
what's going to happen with trade agreements because he's threatening the trade agreements. He's he's threatening to build walls. He's threatening to do uh, quite a lot of things that would actually be beneficial to the American laborer. No doubt to that. There's no doubt to that, uh, that these things would be a benefit to the people of this country. So he is, if anything, a populist. Uh, he has swayed the populace uh, to his side of the camp. But, Brian, you and I both know that the Bible, God's holy word, it says something different. It says at the time of the end that four kings, and in the book of Revelation, it quotes them as, of course, the kings of the east. Brian, what can you tell us? Is there any power plays going on there concerning the East? Uh, we're talking about uh, the land, uh, of course, Attila the Hun. We're talking about the land of Genghis Khan. We're talking about that place, which can be proven uh, with relative satisfaction. This place that was the Garden of Eden. Uh, are there any power plays uh, being made there? Are there any contracts being set up, whether it be uh, of a military fashion or an economic fashion? Can you tell us of any pacts that these kings of the East may be currently involved in that would facilitate the rise of their great power? Well, I think right now one of the biggest things we've got on the table, and it's probably one of the most powerful entities on the face of the planet as we speak. It goes by the name of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, and it takes up the entirety of the map um, going past the River Euphrates itself. Um, we've got essentially within here, it's a Eurasian political, economic, and military organization, which was founded in 2001 in Shanghai by the leaders of China, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Russia, Tajikistan, and Uzbekistan. And um, as of 2015, in July, they've admitted India and Pakistan as full members, and there's still other um, nations that are trying to become a part of this as well. Um we just had the, the, let's see, about two or three weeks ago, I believe, inside of Israel, they had a major meeting in Astana, Kazakhstan, and the hearings and move towards peace in Aleppo is also going to be taking place in Astana, Kazakhstan. Now, folks, any of you that have watched videos of ours out there, Especially when you've heard me refer to the kings of the east, you automatically should know already about Kazakhstan. This is like the key um, place where I've spent major amounts of time looking into due to the fact that the Scythian essentially had set up shop there. And the fact alone that they've picked um, Astana, Kazakhstan, on top of it, boy oh boy folks, these guys are a severe power player. And if you haven't been paying attention... It's almost as if somebody has reset the chessboard as we speak. While everything that's been going on over the course of the last few months here, we've watched basically, we've seen the Saudi and um, nations essentially are waning. We've watched 
as NATO has been having definite major issues, the EU has been having their own problems. And the entire time on top of it, we're seeing somehow the Shiites that are tied in with Iran and the Kurdish people getting brought to the forefront here. Now, we should have known to watch for that, though. Why? Iran, obviously, that's an easy enough one to see, but Kurds, well, folks, those are the ancient Medes. And we're getting the Persians and the Medes moved into place as we speak as all of the older major power players are suddenly getting knocked out of the way. And then on top of it, we have this major player, the Shanghai Cooperation Organization, moving even more so to the forefront. Well, Brian, something you said caught my attention. Uh, You said we were all being distracted away from this Shanghai cooperation. Well, I have to mention something that you said from the onset of your diatribe there. This group was set up surrounding the events of 9-11. I mean, why were they set up in 2001? I mean... The entire world was ignoring everything else except those twin towers. So, uh, of course that would have been a perfect time to set up this Shanghai uh, military-slash-economic cooperation. Uh, This, well, this gathering of the kings of the East. Uh, That would have provided the perfect cover because... If you went to French news, if you went to Italian news in 2011 concerning these events, the only thing you were going to get in the news, and I mean endlessly, you just endlessly got to see those twin towers fall. That bothers me that you put it in that light that... This group was set up, and people really don't pay a whole lot of attention to them because, well, we have all these distractions. Now, albeit, uh, some of these distractions are rightly justified, no doubt about it. Uh, But looking back at the inception year for this… I don't know, Brian. It makes it makes me take pause. It makes me have a Selah moment. And, and it amazes me how much work we've done, Brian. We have done a fantastic amount of work concerning these things, but it wasn't until you named the year that this cooperation began to come together that I realized, well, 2001, that's, that's 9-11. That, that bothers me that I was distracted all this time until you just said what you said. That, so it that, makes me take real pause at that. Uh, it, it really does. So it, it makes us look to 
some of the distractions going on right now, which, of course, in this country, uh, we're talking about building walls, and, of course, uh, uh, we have uh, all the major media uh, crying uh, over the simple fact that, uh, well, the mainstream media themselves uh, completely discredit themselves by calling him a bigot and a racist, and it just goes on and on and on and on of what we're having to deal with here. Of these distractions, but that is a good thing for this country uh, to talk about. Uh, we need to talk about immigration. We need to talk about, well, how did all the Germans get here to, uh, to begin with? Where did the Scandinavians come from? Uh, where did all the French people come from that are now into their, you know, third and fourth generation here? How'd they get here? Well, of course, they got here legally. So I'm not trying to detract from that by saying that it's a distraction, but some distractions are warranted and some are obviously not. Obviously not. Now, one of the ones that uh, I'm going to put out there that is obviously not really needed to be discussed or debated is the simple fact that uh, everybody's saying, well, there was voting fraud. There was voting fraud. Oh, for the love of Pete. For the love of biscuits. Okay? No, really. Everybody knows the only people that's going to get in that office have been duly approved by the ten kings of the earth. And... It amazes me how you go to these crusader sites that masquerade as a Christian ministry. In the past, they would just trip over themselves uh, about this issue. But now, all of a sudden, no, there wasn't no voter fraud. Of course, it's not voter fraud when dead people vote. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is not even an issue it's not an issue. I mean, how did Trump get the electoral votes? Because uh, we know what all the electoral college was saying about Trump before the election. Nobody wanted him in. Yet somebody that wields vast power told the Republican Party and the Democratic and the Democratic Party, you're going to have Trump. For president, that's the way it is. That's the way we have it. And Trump knows full well what happens when you decide to make decisions out their boundaries. You're going to wind up like Lincoln. You're going to wind up like Kennedy. And they're going to put your brains all over your wife's dress in public. It amazes me how people can't put these two and two things together. Of course, it was Lincoln that told the Treasury to start printing notes. That didn't happen again until Kennedy did the same thing. He told the Treasury to start printing money. Both times, in public, they put his brains on his wife's dress. So if you think Donald Trump is not going to do anything that he's not told to do, well, uh, you, perhaps some of you that run these websites need to go into your own archives and read what you had to say about it then. About – read everything you had to say about Clinton. 
Read everything you had to say about Bush. It's ridiculous. So that's not an issue. Duh. It's not an issue. It's a distraction. No sense in even talking about it. Of course. The Ten Kings got exactly who they wanted. But the next step is why? Why? Why did they want him in? That's the question. What are they seeing that we can't perceive? Brian, your thoughts on that? Do we got you, boy? Well, he is open. Uh, he is on the switchboard, but I can't seem to hear him. Perhaps he's muted. Uh, not that uh, we're too uh, forgetful of the shenanigans that usually goes on on this format. But Brian is on the line, and he is unmuted. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to answer those questions for yourself. You all can go to these ministries and look back at what they said about Barack Obama, remember? How many of those ministries did you visit that said Barack Obama was the Omega president? What, all of them? Right? All of them, right? However, Unmuted. However, we never said that. Brian, do we have you back on the line again? I don't know. Do you got me now? Yep, I've got you, but I still show you on from your other line, so I guess you've called in twice. Cool, we've got you twice. What's? Yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. My audio just completely cut out. Yeah, well, we're we're used to that on this on this particular uh, format, so you know, no harm, no foul. Uh, we're used to it by now. But what's, what's your thoughts uh, on what I said if you did, in fact, hear uh, all, all of my diatribe there? I kind of went on a rant. I didn't mean to, but I kind of did. Okay, one second here. I felt like I was going to sneeze there for a moment. Um, well, I caught you going on about the president and all of that. Um, I'm going to stay pretty much mute on that for the most part, not too much. I mean, you know my thoughts on this whole fiasco of an election we just dealt with here. And I think that's an appropriate term for it, fiasco. What what else would you call it? I mean, these crusaders, okay, they did the same exact thing for Barack Obama, right? I mean, he was supposed to be the Antichrist, right? Right? I mean, we had proof of that whenever he was uh, uh, the president and the head of the Security Council at the same time. That was proof that he was the Antichrist, right? I mean, I completely remember that. That kind of didn't happen. I mean, why would Satan 
won a president in his service that was on live television and said that he had been to all of the lower 58 states. I mean, I didn't see that in, uh, uh, in the Exorcist series. Uh, I never seen Damien say that, be stupid. I mean, Damien was actually pretty smart, right? So, it just blows me away how all of these crusader sites have been discredited, won to multiple, 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 multiple times, multiple times. And everybody just kind of lets it go. I don't get it. But, you know, we do have real things going on. Now, one of the things uh, that I've been of watch here looking at very intently is the simple fact that all of these experts are saying the stock market's going to crash, they're going to crash it, uh, they're going to crash it, they're going to crash it, they're going to devalue the dollar, it's going to lose its world reserve uh, currency status, and it goes on and on and on. But I heard an interview of late, um, and it was pretty interesting, uh, what one of the editors of the Wealth Research Group had to say. I appreciated it. And I think we're going to listen to a clip as to his thoughts on the crashing and the uh, losing of the world reserve status as the dollar. Um, in 2017, this is exactly what he had to say. I think you get a kick out of it. In 2017, um, I, I don't see I don't see any major changes to that uh, status. Here's the way you should think about it: When did the dollar become the reserve currency of the world? It was after what? After World War II. It took a very um, it, it took a stupendous, tremendous event in human history for one country to have that, uh, that uh, confidence in the rest of the world and become a reserve currency. Which, com- which country do you, do you trust, do you entrust right now to give that status to? It's not that the U.S. can be trusted. They're the largest debtor nation on, in history almost $20 trillion in federal debt right now, but the replacement is the problem. And so um, uh, 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 all the countries in the world are basically on the same boat with regards to the dollar. It's not like there's uh, some countries that, uh, that, that are outside of the dollar system. And so um, a crash or a crisis in the dollar is detrimental to every person on the planet and, and so, um, uh, obviously, there, there's there's uh, uh, think tanks uh, in Europe, in Brussels, in New York, in London, and every financial hub in the world in China that are thinking about what to do, how to replace this, how to do this correctly. But I don't see anything major happening in 2017. What I do think uh, is happening, uh, and the reason that the dollar is strong, is is uh, on account of technicalities and not fundamentals. Obviously, right? The dollar is, is an intrinsically uh, worthless currency. It's not like um, it has any value that people perceive now, and, and that's why they're buying dollars. 
They're buying dollars because they're liquidating other assets. They're buying dollars because um, the U.S. has is, is, is raised interest rates for uh, a little bit. There's other. There's so many technicalities that go into uh, this dollar rally, but it's nothing fundamental. And so I wouldn't. I, I don't put too much into it. The the other thing that makes the dollar strong is uh, debt deflation. So when uh, people are, are closing down debt levels, like I told you before, the private sector, that is um, that is clearing a lot of dollar supply from the system. And so when you um, when you clear and there's um, and there's two trillion dollars that has been cleared from the U.S. Uh, dollar supply in the last four years, just think about it, Dave. Two trillion dollars that were circling two three years ago are gone. That makes the dollar more rare, right? It makes it rarer. And so uh, it, it goes up it, it, uh, relative to other currencies, but you got to measure it uh, as, 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 uh, against, other, uh, against uh, gold and silver, right? Against uh, the ultimate forms of money and against other assets. And so uh, in the long run, there will be a new uh, a new system that uh, that will uh, be ushered in, but uh, unless we have a cataclysmic event in 2017, I don't I don't see it coming um, in 2017. Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about some private conversations that the Brian and I have. We were just discussing not too long ago about the Lord putting into the hearts of the ten kings to destroy Babylon. Brian made one specific illuminating point concerning the Bible, God's holy word. He said, well, Matthew, we can't have an economic crash because the goods that are coming across the ocean it surprises the captains. They're still bringing goods to Babylon. They're still bringing goods to the new world whenever they come up over the horizon and see her burning. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I hope I got your attention. Because you heard him say, and I completely agree with him, what kind of catastrophic event could we possibly have? Why would the Ten Kings do this? Well, let's, let's, let's talk about what this president-elect is talking about currently. He is talking about, number one, uh, doing stuff and redesigning all of the trade agreements. Why? Well, of course, the American people are losing everything. So he's wanting to put new trade agreements in place where uh, we can become a great manufacturing nation again, and this is part and parcel with keeping out the illegal immigrants. Ladies and gentlemen, he's wanting to become a manufacturing powerhouse again, so that America just buys its own goods. There's a massive problem with this. If you do this, 
to the world's economic structure, it's going to collapse because let's just do this. If you take the top six countries that buy goods on this planet and you combine the first five of those, you've got UK. It consumes 4.5% of the world's goods. France does 4.45, China 5.29, Germany, neck and neck with China, it does 5.29%. And holding the second place is Japan, consumes 8.51 of total goods and services provided on this planet. The problem with that, if you add those up, number six, number five, number four, number three, and number two. That only comes to 27.59 of the world's consumed goods. That's it. That's it. The problem with this is, ladies and gentlemen, is that did you not know that the United States of America consumes more than those combined? Ladies and gentlemen, we do upwards of one-third. As of 2015, we did 29%. If you remove one-third of the world's economy out of the equation, the whole thing's going to come crashing down. The whole thing. Riddle me this, ladies and gentlemen. Is this the very thing that God is going to use to implement the Ten Kings, and the book of Revelation is very clear that God puts it into the Ten Kings' heart to burn her. Is this the reason? If Trump has his way, everything they've worked for, for thousands of years... Is going to come crashing down. And I am completely amazed when Brian pointed out that simple fact. No, Matthew, there ain't going to be no economic collapse in the new world. No, 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 no. Because the captains that's bringing the goods to America, they don't know about it until they see the smoke rising. Now, how is it I've been studying God's word my whole life, and Brian just makes a, you know, quick slip of the draw? Uh, hey, M Matthew, by the way, no, there ain't no economic crash. And then we have an expert from the Wealth Research Group that, by the way, started trading on the stock market when he was 16. He is wealth, and he comes from wealth. And he's yelling and screaming, no, uh, we'd have to have a catastrophic event that would rattle the timeline as much as World War II did. There's only one answer to that, ladies and gentlemen. It's called Revelation chapter 17 and 18. Brian, your thoughts on that? Not sure how much I can add in there. I mean, I've been I've been trying to point that out for years now. 
I'm like, it's been brought up time and time again. Everybody's been worried about an economic collapse. And I've just said, that's not what Revelation says. You know, and I guess the smart aleck part of me is going, kind of thinking in the back of my head, I bet all you guys that are stocking up on your food for your collapse and everything are having a great old time at the moment. Well, I I just take note that at the end of that diatribe, he said exactly what the Bible had already put in place. (laughs) He said, why is the dollar gaining value? Because everybody's, they're selling their assets. You can only sell it in, in, in the U.S. dollar. And they're converting it to something else. And he said, well, the only real thing they can do is, of course, buy silver and gold. What did God already say is going to happen at this time? They're going to take their silver and gold and throw it in the street. The street? Yep. I mean, Brian, it's like, it's like the new world is being set up. It's like we're being set up, Brian. And it's unnerving to me. It's just unnerving. Uh, especially when you take uh, a look, you know, at the world's uh, consumption of goods. It's just Brian, it's staring you right in the face. God is setting up the new world. He's setting us up to burn it. He really is. I mean, 13 is Mexico, us. So if we take that one-third and we add Mexico's 1.67%, and you keep going down the line and keep adding up the percents. Of course, Canada's number 10, so add another 2.2%, which is what? Well, that just gave you exactly what? Yeah, ladies and gentlemen. What about Brazil? What happens when we add Brazil's 2.38%? Well, what's that calculation, ladies and gentlemen? What is it? Ladies and gentlemen, it's staring you right here in the face in this article that was published in the International Business Times, uh, the 25 largest consumer markets and the outlook for 2015. International Business Degree Guide. When you take the numbers and you add it up, ladies and gentlemen, one-third of all the green grass and one-third of all the trees are going to be burnt. Please look up in your geology books. I'm not lying to you. The new world is exactly one-third the landmass on this planet. These things are real. Ladies and gentlemen, one-third of all the goods produced on this planet comes to the new world. I'm not lying to you. I'm telling you the truth. And the event that could trigger the institution of a new world reserve currency, ladies and gentlemen, that's Revelation chapter 17 and 18. 
That's the event. The Bryant and I have talked about the historical ramifications of World War One, World War Two, and it amazes me how nobody even realizes the great treachery done to the Allies at the time. Because, ladies and gentlemen, Italy was our ally, and they turned treacherous. <laughs> they weren't originally in the Axis; they were an ally. They went turncoat, and nobody knows this, and it just blows me away. How I'll say something. And I'll get correspondence concerning it. No, Italy was in the Axis. No, really. Please go get the Encyclopedia Britannica and look it up. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. And like I said, it, it, it burns my gut that it could have been sitting there looking at me the whole time. And it wasn't until Brian pointed it out to me. No, there's no economic collapse before... We get the hammer dropped on us. Captains don't find out till they clear the horizon. I mean, we all know. According to the book of Isaiah, it's sitting there staring you right in the Greek. God calls this footstool of his, he calls it a gyro. We know that line of sight on this gyro is, of course, 20 miles. They don't see it till they clear the horizon, and oh my gosh, it's burning. They got nowhere to drop their goods off at. That's what God says is going to happen, and you can take it to the bank. That is what's going to happen. Brian, I think we've talked enough about what I wanted to talk about. Why don't you uh, jump in here and bring up something for a topic of conversation? Because sometimes I go too far. Sometimes, you know, I I go too far and I need to cool the engines. Uh, so your thoughts on that or bring up a topic you'd like to discuss because we got a whole lot we can still dis- discuss. We, we haven't even talked about earth changes yet. So, Bri, jump in here and let's talk about something. Well, I mean, I'm just thinking of all the, uh, you know, the shifting tides as – you may speak, I guess, with all the other ramifications going on elsewhere. And, you know, throughout the Middle East right now, as we're watching the Saudis completely, you know, they went, how many times have they come close to declaring bankruptcy here now over the course of the last few years? Uh, the oil market was completely flooded by Iran as soon as the um, embargoes were lifted off of them. Okay, so we have major problems there as far as those that economic situation is going, you know, and it's just, you can see how everything has shifted here, you know, and everybody was shocked, you know, a few weeks ago when they brought up, you know, the quote unquote Russia tampering with the elections, et cetera, you know, and it depended on which way your mind wanted to take it. You know, there was thoughts that they hacked the actual election and blah, 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 all that on down the line. But it was known months upon months upon months ahead of time prior to this election that there was actually, you know, Trump was tied in heavily with Russia. This is not any, you know, it's not old news. And when you look at how everything is being realigned as we speak, it's understandable why. You know, what, with all of our old alliances, they're all, Suddenly, you're seeing collapse taking place all over the place. 
So, of course, if the United States is going to keep itself propped up, it had to change alliances. Well, let's throw some heat into the fire, man. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody was running around in circles saying, hey, the oil boom's going to come back. The oil boom's going to come back because uh, OPEC just voted to uh, restrict, and now the Russians jump on board. But you missed it, ladies and gentlemen. You missed it. Okay. This came out one hour ago in the business recorder. Libya's oil production at 6,022 barrels per day. This is why uh, oilprice.com released this article December 23rd, three days ago. Libyan supply fears dampen oil price optimism because as soon as they signed it, they already had the Trump card in place. As soon as they sign this deal, Libya opens up the spigots. You're not going to have your oil boom, ladies and gentlemen. No, 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 that, that's not what he planned. Okay, this come out in Forbes, if you don't believe me, the same day, December 23rd, three days ago. Brace for an oil market maelstrom in 2017 because of the Libyan dumping all their oil onto the market. Just as OPEC says, I'll tell you what, we'll slow down. But don't you realize that Libya, when they turn their spigots up full blast, now you're getting more oil. D- d- does that make you mad? Are you upset that you didn't know that, that you didn't catch that? That you were sitting here thinking that, hey, the oil boom's going to come back because Russia and OPEC just made a deal to, to, to uh, restrict the oil output. No, you weren't really looking. Now, look, this is Forbes. Highly credible. Look this article up. Brace for an oil market maelstrom in 2017. Okay. So, I I bet I just made a whole lot of people mad, but I'm serious. They did this right underneath your nose. Because all of you were distracted by, you know, the Trump change and... You know, uh, whatever football game was played, or I don't know, maybe it was basketball, whatever game there was over the Christmas holiday, I I don't know. But, ladies and gentlemen, you've been duped. Somebody is setting you up. Somebody's setting you up. There ain't going to be no oil boom, ladies and gentlemen. Now we have more oil... After the agreement between OPEC and Russia. Now we've actually got more oil because the Libyans are cranking out 6,022 barrels per day. So the oil production actually went up. Now, why didn't all the crusaders tell you this? Why, why didn't they let you know what's, what's going on? But ladies and gentlemen… I hope you listen very closely to what it's going to take for there to be a change in the world reserve currency. It's going to take an event like World War II. That event is described in the Bible, God's Holy Word. You might you know, want to try taking a look at it. And when I say look at it, 
I don't mean in English. You need to get to what he actually said, the original manuscripts. So, with that in mind, um, Brian, your 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 reply to that. I mean, I don't even think I had a chance to talk over with you what the Libyans done behind everybody's back, and and it's obviously somebody's pulling their strings, and it's obviously somebody with extreme power, and it went it, right it, underneath everybody's exactly nose. Well, that's exactly what I stated before. Somebody is moving Iran and the Kurds into place. With all these other powers suddenly coming to the point of collapse all throughout all the Saudi Arabian countries, all the Sunni Muslims, basically, their power is completely waning as we speak, as if somebody has completely came in and just knocked over the entire every piece on the chessboard, and has just moved Iran and the Kurds right into place. Who are the ones that are making the chief moves inside of Syria as we speak? It's the Shiites who are all are aligned with Iran. Who is it that's retaking Mosul as we speak? It's the Kurds and it's the Shiite Muslims out of Iran. It's, bl- it's blatantly in your face. You know, and I've seen a few different, you know, different folks out there talking on prophecy, and everybody's jumping straight ahead to Ezekiel 38, 39, etc., and yet they're completely ignoring that very important pivot piece. Until you see those two come to the forefront in power in the Middle East, forget about the rest of it. And yet nobody's talking about this. Not one person references Daniel brings up that that ego's got to be in place. They just completely ignore it. Well, Brian, they they kind of completely ignore a whole lot of things. And and I'm not wanting to bash whichever prophecy expert you're talking about. I I have no no rhyme or reason to do that. Um But, you know, everything is being set into place. Everything. I mean, the UN resolution uh, that was just put into place, Trump, of course, says he's going to undo it. Not only that, oh my goodness, he's going to move the embassy to Jerusalem. And it will truly become a couple of trembling it will truly become a cup of trembling no one on this planet wants this to happen nobody nobody and it's amazing what the mainstream media says about it check this out this is the washington post ladies and gentlemen this is washington post Trump's pick for ambassador to Israel sparks hot debate. If President-elect Donald Trump wanted to show he planned to obliterate President Barack Obama's approach to Israel, he might have found his man to deliver that message in David Friedman, his pick for U.S. ambassador. Um, Oh my goodness. 
they hate this guy too, but something Trump said in this article rattled my cage. Things will be different after January 20th when he swore in, Trump vowed Friday on Twitter. On Monday he added, the United Nations has such great potential, but right now it is such a club for people to get together, talk, and have a good time. So sad. Oh, my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't have... The only reason why you've had peace thus far is because the embassy was in Tel Aviv. Ladies and gentlemen, don't you understand that that's what the book of Zechariah talks about, the writers preventing, plainly states that's what it's about. And that's what's going to happen, and these prophecy pundits, they're being set up. They're not looking in the right direction. But oh my goodness, it's staring them right in the face, Brian. It's staring them right in the face. It's literally right there in their face. Your thoughts about that, Brian, how nobody's talking about the embassy being moved to Jerusalem. Uh, do you think uh, I'm wrong, perhaps? Does this have no prophetic uh, significance at all? What's, what's your thoughts on it? Just tell me if I'm wrong, if you think I'm wrong. I think it's going to cause things to get all sorts of heated. And we just, uh, you know, on top of it, too, and they just brought it back up again in the news. Um, the force is coming out of uh, Lebanon. I can't remember if that's Hezbollah. I believe it's Hezbollah. Managed to get their hands on U.S. tanks and armored carriers. Now, this went quiet after they first noticed it. And all of a sudden, after the U.N. resolution the other day, it was quite apparent that Israel had completely realized, hey, wait a minute, guys. The current administration in the U.S. has completely backstabbed us. So they brought this back up again. Absolutely amazing, man. Absolutely mind-boggling. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the Brian and I are all about the straight and narrow but I think today it would do us all a little bit of good if we had us a twisted break. That's what I think. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be back after 9 minutes and 20 seconds of, well, I think that this break is a little bit more pointed than what John the Baptist had to say. I don't know. I could be wrong.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the End Time Tribune. I hope you did enjoy, if nothing else, uh, that uh, twisted break we just took. Uh, Brian and I are going to jump right into some news articles that he just now uh, came across uh, because he was talking about the Saudis, and he does a scan on the social networking site. And this second article he sent me 
Oh, Bry, something when the word house cleaning is used in foreign relations. I just don't like it when that word is used. So uh, why don't you talk about uh, these two articles right now? That's rather interesting, the timing these pop up. First one here, right away, uh, Saudi Arabian foreign minister accuses Iraqi Shiite militia of mass killings. Saudi Arabian uh, foreign minister Adil al-Jabir said that the popular mobilization forces the Iraqi Shiite militia is the religious organization carrying out mass killings in the country with support of Iranian generals. The popular mobilization force, the Iraqi Shiite militia, is the religious organization killing out mass killings in the country with support of Iranian generals, Saudi Arabian Foreign Minister Adil Ejabir said. The so-called popular militia is a religious organization which carries out mass killings in Iraq with support of Iranian generals headed by Qasim Soleimani. The existence of such armed groups threatens the unity and security of Iraq, Jabir said on Monday at a press conference in Riyadh, aired by the Saudi Arabian television channel. PMF forces are currently taking part in the liberation of Mosul. The Iraqi operation to retake Mosul from terrorists has been going on for over a month since October 17th. The battle for the city began with 4,000 Kurdish Peshmerga fighters and 30,000 Iraqi Soldiers backed by the U.S.-led anti-terror coalition advancing on the city from the east, west, and south. Mosul has been occupied by ISIL, a terrorist group outlawed in Russia since 2014. And this one's uh, from Sputnik. Once again, another one from them. Trump's closure of Saudi businesses portends changes in U.S.-Saudi relations. Aside from the four Saudi-based companies, Trump has filed to dissolve or cancel the creation of at least five other ventures in other countries. The president-elect's business empire stretches over 500 private companies. Trump has promised to reveal plans to separate himself from his business after stepping into office next week. Speaking to Sputnik Persia, Press TV political observer Hassan Bashir suggested that there may be other deeper motives behind Trump's move to close the Saudi businesses. Let's see here. The decision has at least two underlying reasons, he said. First, during the election, Saudi Arabia openly supported Hillary Clinton. Radoff spent significant sums of money supporting her campaign. However, the desired result was not achieved after Clinton's defeat. Saudi Arabia tried to recoup their costs, King Solomon calling Trump and confirming Riyadh's commitment to strengthening relations. The second reason, according to uh, Betch Perar, may have to do with an actual change in U.S. policy towards Saudi Arabia under President Trump. The Observer cautiously admitted that Trump's Middle East policy is currently difficult to predict or assess, Of course, it is undeniable that in the Middle East, Israel and Saudi Arabia are Washington's biggest allies. We have yet to find out what Trump's position will be. And let me see here, because it goes on more, essentially, speaking of Iran as well. Let's see here. He also suggested that insofar as Trump's relations with Iran, Saudi Arabia's main regional competitor 
are concerned, a great deal will depend on the dynamics of the changing relationship between Washington and Moscow and on Trump's campaign promises to normalize relations within that country. In addition, Trump has said of his Middle East policy that the U.S.'s main enemy is Daesh, which is presently headquartered in Syria. So if he's aimed at fighting ISIS and not Assad at the regional level, relations between the U.S. and Iran will not be as tense as they are now. Now, why would that be, folks? On top of it, recall what it stated about alliances with Moscow. The current administration has been trying to do what? Since the beginning of this conflict, which, mind you, we started in Syria to overthrow Assad. But guess what? If we're making alliances with Moscow, and in turn, on top of it, Iran does not want that government toppled, guess what, folks? Starting to see how the tables are really turning here? This is two articles back-to-back now. Here's one from the 20th. Uh, The Saudi royal dynasty may fall like the Shah of Iran. His decision to decrease oil production may alienate Saudi Arabia from its traditional Western allies and pose a serious threat to the House of Saud. And we don't need to go into too much there, folks, but look. It's just as I've stated over and over and over again here. Okay, the Saudis are losing grip throughout the Middle East. And as we speak, the United States isn't exactly helping them, are they? They've made alliances with Moscow. And on top of it, with concerns in Syria, that's also going to align them with who? With Iran. Kind of right there in broad daylight, everyone. Yeah, it is. And you know what? I kind of... You didn't actually do the quote that I was looking at, so I'll do it here. Trump Organization General Counsel Alan Garten described the decision to shutter the four Saudi-related companies as routine house cleaning, adding that there will now no businesses remaining in Saudi Arabia. So, all the businesses that Trump had in Saudi Arabia has been closed, and this has been likened to house cleaning. Now, uh, man, oh man, oh man. Um, don't know what to think of his use of words there. I just really don't know what to think about that. It, it it's it's quite amazing to me. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this this can't go well. It it just can't go well. There's no part of this that has a good normal outlook. 
Okay, we are switching sides. Ladies and gentlemen, he is acting like the Ten Kings Act. They don't act militarily. They don't really care about any of that because they own it all. They do things from a business perspective, and Trump's business perspective is opposite of theirs. Man. I mean, think about this. Let me reread what Brian already wrote, uh, read. Aside from the four Saudi-based companies, Trump has filed to dissolve or cancel the creation of at least five other ventures in other countries. The president-elect's business empire stretches over 500 private companies. Ladies and gentlemen, he is screwing up the plan. This has always been the Ten Kings plan, okay? The new world would be the consumers. We're supposed to buy everything. So we had to take our great power and divide it in half. Of course, our children wound up with no jobs. But this is at the event horizon. Because all the jobs have been exported, Trump knows we don't have the resources to continue exclusively being the consumer nation. He knows that we have to get strong again. He's wanting to hit the reset button. Build America back up like we were before. Ladies and gentlemen, this country doesn't need anything from anybody. We have all the natural resources and all the skill to make everything that we need, want, or desire. We can make it ourselves. Nobody needs to make our cars. Nobody needs to make the motors. Nobody needs to make the transformers on the power poles. Ladies and gentlemen, look up how RCA closed down. We had all the technology. These ten kings stole the technology, gave it to our enemies, and ran all of our corporations out of business. Oh, my goodness. On top of this, he's moving the embassy to Jerusalem. The world can't stand for this. It can't. Because this is going to upset the Ten Kings game plan. You move that embassy to Jerusalem, and everybody's going to run around killing everybody. There will be no peace, and the Ten Kings knows they've got to have peace in order to continue with this worldwide commercialism. You can't have worldwide commercialism if you put the U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem. You can't do it. No one will stand for it. All of a sudden, the Shia and the Sunni will stop killing each other, and they'll all march on Jerusalem. They all, the entire world has one common enemy. It's Jerusalem. Now, let me go back to this article from the Washington Post about this newly elected ambassador to Israel. 
It says here, under Obama, the U.S. has worked closely with J Street and Israel advocacy groups sharply critical of Netanyahu. Friedman accuses Obama of blatant anti-Semitism and calls J Street worse than Kapos, a reference to Jews who helped the Nazis imprison fellow Jews during the Holocaust. Oh my goodness. The next paragraph, for decades the U.S. has opposed Israeli settlement building and lands it seized in 1967 Mideast War. Ah yes, the Blood Moon Jubilee, it comes full circle. Friedman runs a nonprofit that raises millions of dollars for Bitel, a settlement of religious nationalist Neil Ramallah. Bitel runs right-wing news outlet, and a yeshiva whose dean has provokedly urged Israeli soldiers to refuse support to uproot settlers from their homes. Ladies and gentlemen, the West is getting ready to do a complete 160 of everything that has held everything together since those oil sheiks boarded that American warship in World War II and made a deal to make the U.S. dollar through the petrodollar, the world's reserve currency. And Trump's about to undo all that, ladies and gentlemen. That's what his, it is his intention to do. Now, make no mistakes. His intentions are good for you. He wants to bring jobs back to the United States. Oh, it's, it's good for the new world he's doing this. Because, ladies and gentlemen, ships won't exclusively go to just Cuba. No, 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 no. You need to understand the shipping lanes. You need to understand you know, exactly why they've been set up that way. No ship is going to load anything full of anything and go to a country other than making America its first stop. I mean, don't you realize that? That the goods that Argentina needs, the goods that Mexico needs, that's put on a container that's loaded with goods coming to the U.S. I'm not lying to you. You need to try to understand what I'm trying to tell you. Because when you add up all the countries, just in the top 25, that consumes the goods produced on this planet, one-third is right here in what you call the new world that is surrounded by many waters. Brian, your thoughts? Well, I was just going to make mention of uh, what was it? We've talked about this in private before. What is it that he's going to have built on American soil? Because his plans are for military spending, folks. You don't build warships and planes and all sorts of stuff on your soil unless you plan on using them for something. I've heard rumors, but do we have any confirmation that he's planning on building detention camps too, or is that just some conspiracy theory nonsense? Well, those were words coming out of his own mouth. As he was talking about building them at the southern border, he didn't, I'll be blunt, he didn't shut his mouth about it once during the election. I saw it brought up nonstop. Well, that you, you have well, me at a disadvantage because I... I didn't watch any of the presidential debates. I don't care about I that just stuff. So I didn't. 
caught stuff in the news stories of him talking about it constantly. If he's going to do it, who knows? I mean, he's definitely, before he's even gotten into office, he's definitely stirred the pot something fierce here. No doubt about that. I mean, he's planning on changing everything. I mean, he's he's planning on doing a 180 with this country. I, I mean... Man, oh man. Well, it's as I said before, you pull up that map, you look at that Shanghai cooperation. Okay, you put a businessman at the table. It doesn't take much to kind of look at that and go, uh, we might want to rethink things here, folks. That's exactly what he's doing. That's exactly what he's doing. And it's and it's scary. And, and you know, oh man! Like I tried to point out, you know, the Ten Kings aren't all about politics and the military. They're about trying to mimic the wealth of King Solomon. <coughs> Excuse me. And, you know, we're told that in Revelation chapter 17, verse 18, that the woman whom you saw is the great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. She reigns over the kings. And that's all they think about, just like Trump. I mean, money, 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 money. That's all they think about. That is their only rule. It's business rule. Nothing else really matters to them. But ladies and gentlemen, the reason why Babylon burns is because the Bible says that God puts it into their hearts to burn her. Ladies and gentlemen, this is make this is making perfect sense to me. It it just is. I mean it's like it was right there and it was there staring at us all the time. I, I I wish I had another way to put it, and I wish I would have thought about such things uh, before now. I don't know how I seem to miss it. I mean, Revelation chapter 17, verse 16. And the ten horns which you saw, and the beast, these will hate the harlot and will make... Her desolate and naked and will eat her flesh and will burn her up with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to execute his purpose by having a common purpose and by giving their kingdom to the beast until the words of God will be fulfilled. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about Mystery Babylon being burnt to the ground. And you heard a wealth manager say this is the type of event it's going to take to change the world reserve currency. This is what it's going to take. And it just blows me away that people just aren't seeing it. How I didn't see it until Brian po- uh, pointed it out to me. It, it just... I don't know. I mean, to you, it... it, it may just have been common knowledge, Brian, but I never seen it. I never knew why or how God was going to put it into their hearts to bite the hand that feeds them. It is quite overtly obvious that Revelation chapter 17 and 18, it says that's why they are associated with her, the harlot. And everybody knows that the people who run this planet are not concerned with politics at all. It just blows me away. Brian, back to you. Well, and this, this is where I'm going to point out again, is on top of it, let's go back over to the Shanghai Cooperation. Okay, as I brought up, folks, you got in got in this, you've got China, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Russia, Tajikistan, and Uzbekistan. Guess what? We've also got India and Pakistan as full members as well. And if I remember correctly, observer status has gone to Afghanistan, Belarus, Iran, and Mongolia. Folks, I hate to break it to you. But as far as resources go on this planet, this is the richest in resources in the entire world. Okay, we covered Afghanistan, for Pete's sakes, when we did the program on the Garden of Eden. Okay, that Havilah, known for its gold. We had the lapis lazuli there, everyone. Okay, you go over to Russia, you've got nonstop resources there like nobody's business up into siberia it's known for its gold as well oil resources in iran the persian gulf used to be one of the major considerations for control what toppled saudi arabia the very moment that those embargoes were lifted iran brought them down in a moment it didn't even take but a second okay so You know, the United States has basically worked against all of these nations ever since World War II finished. All of a sudden, everything is completely changing as we speak. In a very strange alliance, I must say, on top of it. You know, it still gets me, Brian, whenever you was doing that research and you showed to me how they got the gold out of that river. They've been doing this since the beginning. 
ladies and gentlemen, they would take their sheepskin, and that's what would be their filter, so all the gold dust would wind up on the fleece, ladies and gentlemen. This is where the story of the golden fleece comes from. And I was just stunned as Brian sent me this picture. They literally, that's the only way they get their gold. They filter the river sediment through their sheepskin. And then they roll it up and it perfectly protects it. Why? Because, of course, the sheepskin, the wool has lanolin. It blows me away, the historical prophetic ramifications of this. This is all setting right in our face. They start joining together in 2001. I guess there could be a coincidence to it, Brian, but I don't see how this could any way, shape, or form be a coincidence. Brian? Well, I mean, this was one of the reasons... That Fido, that Gulen's forces were put together, you know, via CIA funding, put all throughout Central Asia on top of it. And, you know, it just has to strike you as rather odd that they go through all this trouble and then this attempted coup happens and they quote unquote fail. And yet, magically, there just happens to be a guy left over after they do a purge that kills a Russian ambassador. See, there's a lot more to this story that who in the world knows what's going on, but that was one heck of a strange move that was made there last week with that in the midst of everything else we have going on as well. And, you know, let's think about what the Bible says, Bri. It says that the false prophet, a.k.a. the Assyrian, he goes against the ten kings, and he invades the beautiful land. Ladies and gentlemen, Turkey is in the – by the way, just so you all know, you know the seven churches in the book of Revelation? That's all in Turkey. Just so you know. I know that it's been drilled into your head that the city that sets on seven hills is Rome. Well, I hate to tell you, but you can look it up in the Encyclopedia Britannica. That is Istanbul. That is Constantinople. I'm not lying to you. It sits on seven hills. Right there in the land of the midst of the rivers with the seven churches detailed in the book of Revelation. Same place, not different place. Now, I know it's been drilled into your head about Rome and then, of course, the Vatican. Ladies and gentlemen, someone is behind the scenes pulling the strings. And he's on a different page. He's on a different page. 
and the only one who can stop him are is a coalition of the kings of the east. They're the only ones that can stop him. Because God uses him as his axe, and then God says he destroys his land with the kings of the east. That's that's what God says. He never mentions Rome in that equation. And that's exactly who he moved on was a representative from the east, folks. I hate to break it to you, but Russia is not part of Gog and Magog. It's beyond the Euphrates rivers, folks. Oh, man. How many times have we stopped? You know, most of the time we don't even talk about prophetic things. We talk about history and geography. I mean, that's really mainly what we talk about, isn't it, Bri? Yep. And it just amazes me that we keep saying the Bible's true, the Bible's true, and everybody else runs around and says, yeah, but the Bible says that, you know, and we can list the list. Of course, they trip up sometimes because most of the times they say the Pope, he's the Antichrist. Then they change their tune and say Obama is, and then they switch it up and say, well, that must mean that the Pope is the false prophet. When that's not what Daniel says that the false prophet, a.k.a. the Assyrian, worships. Oh no, he worships a god of war. The Hebrew, of course, tells us the secret. Moaz. What's the root word? Of course. It's the scapegoat. That's who he worships. That's not who the, the, the Pope serves, ladies and gentlemen. So I know we talk about things from a different perspective. That's why I said at the beginning of this broadcast... I wasn't sharing things from a Christian perspective. That's not what I said. I said a biblical perspective. That that's what I said and that's that's what me and Brian mean. That that's what we're talking about. Though those are the things that uh, the Bible talks about and that's what me and Brian can discuss. I I don't know anything about conspiracy theories, ladies and gentlemen. Brian does. Brian spent a whole lot of time and a whole lot of effort uh, on conspiracy theories and, and uh, talking about supernatural things, but I, I'm, that's not what I do. I, I don't know that stuff. And I'm sorry about that, but, I mean, that's just the way that it is. But it amazes me when I try to listen to these uh, so-called Christian ministries. Ladies and gentlemen, they're not speaking Greek to me because that I know. No, they're, they're, they're speaking Old English just like the Crusaders did. That's, that's what language they're speaking, and I don't, I don't know that. I really don't. I don't, I don't know that. I don't know that tongue. And I'm not trying to, you know, upset anybody. 
I'm really not. I'm not trying to, you know, disturb anybody. I want to send Brian an article right now. Uh, so let me get over there, but I want him to take a good look at it. And I'm going to have to search it. So give me just a second, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, back way back when I started the End Time Tribune, uh, I, of course, had a friend, and he's still my buddy, I guess. And he took part in a uh, mainstream article here not too long ago. This was published the... 19th, I think the original article may have come out uh, on the 16th. It's, it's a very good read about what everybody else is saying. But my friend Michael Parker, uh, that runs Prophecies of the End Times, uh, he is quoted in this article. So uh, let me take a look here. Uh, let's see, be a news. The daily. This is the Daily Star version of it. I think this will work. Let me make sure Michael is mentioned in here. Even though, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, they misquote his blog here. Uh, but um, I'm going to pass this over to Brian, and I want him to, uh, you know, kind of read the whole thing because it's a good outlook on what everybody else is thinking. And, and like I said, I'm not trying to uh, uh, say anything bad about Michael Parker. Um, he's always been good stuff. Uh, he is a diehard rapturist. And you know what? That's okay because he tries to get people to repent before these events happen. He tries to get everybody rapture ready. And that's what Brian and I do. We preach abstaining from rebellion. That's what we preach. That's what we're all about. So, uh, Brian, why don't you take a look at this article? Uh, it's pretty uh, enlightening uh, about all the gambits. And, uh, of course, how he comes up with his, uh, with his calculation here. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to hear a date here that Brian and I have talked about, and that's where he got the date, by the way, just so you all know. But Brian, can you take a look at this and uh, read it for us, please? Yep. Just pulled it up now. I'm scanning through it real fast. All right, I read about half of it. So you're getting it while well, I'm getting it here then, I guess. Bible's hidden apocalypse, exact date, world will end revealed. Many theologians agree the date of the end of the world is not known, and this is all part of God's plan. But it has been sensationally claimed that it is possible to work out when the apocalypse will take place using the Bible. Theodore Schubat, author of website Schubat.com, believes he has found evidence it will take place three and a half years after the invasion of Jerusalem by the Antichrist. While it is not clear who the Antichrist will be, Theodore says the event is sooner than you think with wars and unrest raging in the Middle East. 
Michael Parker, who runs the blog End Time End of Time Prophecies, revealed to Daily Star Online that September 23rd, 2017, is when God's wrath will be declared, as predicted in the Book of Revelation. So three and a half years from this date is March 23rd, 2021. Put that in your diary, folks, as that is when the world will end. Theodore uses the book of Daniel to prove his argument. It says in chapter 7, he shall speak pompous words against the Most High. He shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and he shall intend to change time and law. Then the law shall be given into his hand for a time, and times, and half a time. Theodore explains that the saints will be given into the Antichrist's hand for a times, times, and a half a time. Most Bibles with a footnote will tell you that that means three years and a half. Basically, this is one year times is two years and half a time is half a year or six months. So that means the, this invasion of Jerusalem will go on for three and a half years. It's pretty heavy duty stuff, but Theodore isn't finished with the mathematics. Indeed, in chapter 12, he mentions a specific number of days, strengthening his case for March 2021. Theodore adds, so from the time of the abomination of desolation is set up in the temple, meaning to be bestowed or worshipped, there will be 1,290 days. In other words, when we see Antichrist standing in the temple, as Jesus warned in Matthew 24, it's going to be 1,290 days until Christ's return. And if you haven't done the math yet, 1290 equals 3.5 years. This comes as another doomsday predictor said the apocalypse is this month. Let's see. But U.S. theologian Dr. John Ankenberg has rejected the prediction and any other belief that the date of the end of the world can be worked out. So if the Bible is clear on anything, if that... No one knows the specific time of Christ's return. None of these alleged evidence are proof that Christ will return in this generation. So-called biblical numerology, current world affairs, supposed individual prophecies, etc. can't offer any solid evidence for a specific date of Christ's return. Your thoughts on that, Bri? Well, September, we know we've got the sign from Revelation showing up, from Revelation 12. 2021 is a rather <coughs> interesting date. Yep. It's you and I that talk about, about that date. Yep. But, ladies and gentlemen... As Brian and I have taught you many times, the great day of he who sitteth upon the throne, things go topsy-turvy. But you'll take note, um, this really doesn't make any sense. The Christians will be given into the Antichrist's hand for times, time and a half time? Well... I thought they were supposed to be raptured first, Brian. Isn't that their line of thinking, I thought? Now, in some camps, yes. And and here, he takes note of the book of Daniel that he shall speak pompous words against the Most High and shall persecute the saints of the Most High. 
Wait a minute, where's the rapture? How can he be persecuting the saints of the Most High? And shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints will be given into his hand for a time, times and a half time. Of course, there's only one calculation that equates to that in the book of Revelation. That's the 1,260 days, 42 months. Same calculation. This is the only calculation that God states three different ways. But yet, this article is saying, I guess, that there's no rapture. So, And like I said, my, my friend's website is misquoted here. Um, he runs Prophecies of the End Times. They actually put uh, put his a website jumbled up. But I know that Michael Parker uh, would not be in agreement with this because, of course, Michael says that we'll never be uh, go through any kind of uh, tribulation. We'll, we'll all be raptured out. So the article kind of contradicts itself, I guess. Um, so I don't know what to put about that. But that's what everybody else talks about, ladies and gentlemen. And Brian and I, you never hear that stuff come out of our mouth. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't calculate the time because the first part, the 1,290 days, and the second part, the 42 months, they're separated by time goes topsy-turvy. We get kicked off our axis. You can't calculate time when there's war in heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going back to the days of Noah. It's that event that's going to separate these two periods of time. You can't calculate them. You can't. You don't know how long that's going to take place. We can infer from Christ's flight, because ladies and gentlemen, you can do this on a map. Find the Bethlehem general location. Draw it to where things go green in Egypt, and it's 200 miles. It's been known for thousands of years that laden with women and children, a baggage train can go 20 miles a day. Every, every hiker knows this. What's God telling you? Ten days. That is in the book of Revelation, those, those ten days. So we can infer, but you have to understand we, we, you're, you're not going to be able to calculate time. But he's got to put a time to it. So, with those things said, you know, I, I, you're not going to find that kind of stuff talked about here, because the Pope would never say such things against God that way. No, no, he wouldn't. His own people would reject him. I mean, how could he be the false prophet and be over the whole planet when his own people reject him? What, do you think the Muslims are going to follow him? Wake up. No way that's happening. <coughs> Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. Your closing thoughts, Brian, as we uh, close out this broadcast. Looks like we've got, oh, down to like nine minutes. Your closing thoughts and, uh, and us reopening the Intype Tribune. What's your thoughts on that, too? Because I really never asked you about it before we did it. So, your thoughts on that, bud? Well, thoughts on that one is we got to keep moving somehow here. Um, video seems to be having a bit of a hitch. I'm not certain what's going on with YouTube. Uh, 
There's been some rumors floating around out there. Some other people have been having issues, too, with uh, certain videos of theirs not getting any exposure due to naming. Um, you know, what you name your video, if it doesn't appeal to uh, whomever is running YouTube, they won't post it. I don't really know what the deal is, but I guess it's uh, something that's been happening to quite a few other uh, people out there as well, too. So, you know, it's got to keep rolling here somehow, and video can be a bit taxing. It's a lot of work on my end to uh, sit there and record the videos and then uh, turn around and edit them, upload them, and all that stuff, so... I ain't got no issues with audio. I mean, I know there's a lot of stuff we got to cover here. There's a lot of stuff on the back burner. There's a lot of new material to get working on. You know, but I mean, as far as my, you know, closing thoughts, I pointed out on the last video, folks, you want to keep an eye on March and just keep an eye on this continuing building, realigning of the table. I mean, everything is seems to be changing at a fairly lightning fast pace as far as the uh, world markets are concerned and the way alliances are being set as we speak, some rather peculiar ones at that. Amen to that. As far as I'm concerned, you know, I don't remember what our last views were on the last video we done. That was impossible. I mean, we were having thousands of views per hour before, and then we just went to nothing. So it was time to do something else. Well, you know, something new, something old. So, ladies and gentlemen, I still have the copyright to the End Time Tribune, of course. Um, So we're going to do this again. It's time for us to ride. And this is very easy. It takes a massive amount off of Brian. Uh, We just jump in the saddle and really go when we want to. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, God bless. Godspeed.